expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. For this week's Taiwan Talk, we're going to kick off a three-week spotlight interview series on the upcoming mayoral elections for Taiwan's major cities. Today, we've got interviews with both Taipei mayoral candidates, KMT candidate Sean Lian and independent candidate Ke Wenzhi. Up first, ICRT's Tim Berge sits down with Sean Lian to talk about his vision for Taiwan's capital city. So we're very happy today to be here at the campaign headquarters for Sean Lien, who is the KMT candidate for the Taipei mayoral election. Thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Lien. Hi, Ting. How are you? And thank you very much. Happy to uh, have the chance to talk to all the audience. Let's move to question one. So many are concerned about the rising cost of housing in Taipei. Tell us about your proposals to ensure that affordable housing is available to city residents. The first policy initiative that we proposed was that we're going to raise the uh, tax for luxury condos, or, or in the U.S., probably people call it luxury tax. The purpose of doing that is to uh, use this part of uh, tax, the new amount of tax, uh, after we in- increase the uh, tax rate to subsidize those uh, minor- social minority, meaning that those people that are economically uh, underprivileged or economically weaker. Those people include, for example, dom- women from domestic violence, abuse, or, or single parents. So uh, we, we're going we're gonna to use this tax proceed to help those people. And I think these are the ones in this, in this country or in this city that needs the help the most. And that's the number one part for all the uh, policy initiative. Number two part is that uh, we're proposing to build minimum 20,000 units of public housing for younger generation and for uh, people who live in the city cannot get a, a, prop, a decent housing. We're going to build uh, high-quality condos or high-quality apartments. Uh, and also within those proposed sites, we're going to incorporate a lot of social services like daycare center for elderly people, childcare center, kindergarten, maybe a community center. Uh, our purpose is to uh, make sure these social housing can integrate other existing community, the neighboring communities. Because in Taiwan, we, we realize, especially in Taipei, we realize the difficulty of building out those uh, project housing is that most likely you'll run into a lot of strong opposition from neighboring communities. Because in the past, a lot of those communities in Taiwan, uh, especially in Taipei, they kind of look at the uh, social housing or project housing and they think, no, this is something that's going to damage our, our, our real estate price and, and it's going to affect our, our, our community negatively. So we want to minimize that kind of impact. Salaries have been stagnant for many in Taiwan for over a decade, and young workers have been by far the hardest hit. Do you think Taipei's municipal government has any role to play in reversing this trend? What policies would you propose to help boost salaries for young people and prevent the city's talent from leaving for higher-paying jobs and opportunities overseas? If we want to increase the salary or average income for a younger generation, I guess you have to go back to the basic rules of economics, which is to create more jobs. And definitely the city government is playing a key role in, in creating more jobs. The actual ways of doing this is, number one, is by attracting uh, more foreign investment. 
we kind of noticed that uh, uh, a lot of foreign investment are pulling out of China because of the deteriorating environment in China. But these investments did not come to Taiwan. So we're going to try really hard to attract more foreign investment and more foreign corporations to uh, redomicile to Taipei, which is key in creating jobs. And also we're going to help those people uh, who try to set up their own business. You know, a lot of younger generation, um, they, they, they want to create their own companies. We want to help the younger generation to uh, have, a, have a chance to realize their dreams and goals in life. Reducing rental costs, for example, we're going to set up a, a sort of a incubation center and provide a subsidized rent for those uh, new startup companies. Um, and also want to provide their mentoring services and also consulting uh, from um, the relevant uh, experts, lawyers or accountants. Also, you can't, we cannot forget about the importance of education. So we also want to increase our, the competitiveness of younger generations by focusing on uh, education, especially when it comes to uh, programs to encourage our, our students and, and college students in, in the city to go abroad to study advanced technology and advanced uh, subjects. What policies do you think that the city should be pursuing to make Taipei an attractive place to live for both white-collar and blue-collar workers? And let's take these two groups separately. For white-collar foreign workers, how do you think that Taipei can develop its international competitiveness to attract foreign talent? And for blue-collar workers, what do you think the city should be doing to make life better for foreign laborers and domestic workers and to ensure the smooth integration of foreign spouses into Taiwanese society? Uh, this question requires uh, probably one hour to answer, but I'll just cut it short into one sentence. To make Taipei a more livable city for all the white color and blue color alike. And also, I guess the society, we need to be more uh, a convenient for foreign immigrants, not just uh, blue color uh, immigrants from some of the uh, South Asia. Obviously, we, we, we're going to provide a lot of subsidy and a lot of social services for those blue color immigrants from Southeast Asia. But for white color, I guess they need different things, like education. Uh, we, Taipei definitely has some, some of the uh, international schools that offer pretty high quality educations. But also the city-wise, you need to be uh, more convenient to foreigners. For example, English signs. That's one thing I'm not very happy about Taipei because I look at the street signs and realize it's actually very confusing. And that's been the question for more than 10 years. It hasn't been resolved completely. This is something I'm going to do, number one. So you don't want people coming to Taiwan and then get lost all the time, right? I mean, you want people to be able to find their home or their hotels. So those, those little details, that really counts. And obviously, I think that we, we got better quality air, you know, clean air, as opposed to China or even Hong Kong. But So we're probably going to do a lot of things like, like encouraging electric cars and all sorts of things, uh, sort of clean energies to uh, further improve our environment, make it more livable. But we need to improve not just on the hardware, but also software. So uh, make this community, make this city more dynamic, more global. I guess that's something uh, that... We to work really hard uh, going forward. Finally, both candidates in this election are newcomers to politics. What makes you the most qualified person to lead the city, and what direction would you take it in? New ideas. My uh, capability in managing uh, business in the past, and also uh, my capability or goals. I think I can really enforce their policies. And that's something that I've been, I've been very uh, proud of myself in the past in the private sectors. And also need some new ideas, innovations. Okay? We cannot throw on 
our past glory and 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 sort of kind of stuck here and and not moving forward. And by moving forward, I think we create a lot of opportunity. And that driving forward is innovation. So I think because of my uh, my background in private enterprise and uh, as a venture capitalist and also as a uh, as a, a financier. <clears throat> and also as a sort of half-baked politician, because <laughs> I was involved in a lot of KMT affairs in the, in the past, uh, I think I'll be able to uh, bring different sides on the same table and really work out something better for the uh, future of Taipei. That was Taipei KMT mayoral candidate Sean Lien speaking to ICRT's Tim Berge. All right, now we're going to hear from his opponent, independent candidate Ko Wenzhi. Once again, ICRT's Tim Berge will lead this interview, and he's going to be putting the exact same set of questions to Dr. Ko so we can get a sense of how the two candidates' platforms contrast. We did this interview in Chinese, so I'll be providing the English translation throughout the interview. Here's the conversation. We're very happy today to be at the campaign headquarters for the independent mayoral candidate for Taipei City, Mr. Ko Wenzhe. And um, thank you very much for accepting our this chance for us to talk with you today, Mr. Ko. Hello, 大家好. Many are concerned about the rising cost of housing in Taipei. Tell us about your proposals to ensure that affordable housing is available to the city's residents. To provide affordable housing to the majority of people in Taipei City, there are several things we have to do. First, currently 8% of the houses in Taipei City remain empty, and my first priority is to try and effectively push these empty houses into the market by offering rent subsidies or by playing the role of the so-called second landlords to help owners rent out their empty properties. Secondly, we plan to build many public rental housing units, with the goal of 50,000 such units eventually in the city. Experience has shown that for housing prices not to keep rising, about 5% of the houses in the city have to be units that are not for sale or for rent only. The third thing we have to do is government-led urban renewal. You see, housing prices are decided by two curves, demand and supply. So with a state-run urban renewal plan, the process can become faster and there will be more houses available on the market, which would result in lower prices. Therefore, my focus would be to help property owners to rent out their empty houses, build 50,000 public rental housing units, and push for urban renewal. If I can achieve these goals, more Taipei citizens would be able to afford to live in the city. Uh, another important uh issued this year. Salaries have been stagnant for many years in Taiwan over a decade, and young people have been by far the hardest hit. Do you think Taipei's municipal government has any role to play in reversing this trend? And what policies would you propose to help boost salaries for young people and prevent the city's talent from leaving for higher-paying opportunities abroad? As a matter of fact, salary is determined by per capita income, and basically it's the central government that controls most of the economic tools. So I can only tell you what the city government can do. 
First, it needs to provide more job opportunities. For example, the biotechnology industrial parks in Nangang and in Beitou Shiling districts have been in the pipeline but are yet to materialize. If the city government can get these places up and running in a more efficient way, there will be more job opportunities and, of course, salaries will be higher. Also, the city government should make it easier for young people to start their own businesses. For example, we need a good incubation center where help in legal matters, financial support and marketing are provided. And there should also be cheap rental office space for startup businesses so that it will be easier for young people to set up a business. So in a nutshell, there are two things that the Taipei city government can do to raise salaries. First, offer more job opportunities via government-sponsored platforms. Secondly, help more people to start their own enterprises, which not only creates more jobs, but also helps to increase salaries. Moving on to the next question, what policies do you think the city should be pursuing to make Taipei an attractive place to live for both white-collar and blue-collar workers? And let's take this uh, to these two groups separately. For white-collar foreign workers, how do you think that Taipei can develop its international competitiveness to attract foreign talent? And for blue-collar workers, what do you think the city should be doing to make life better for foreign laborers and domestic workers and to ensure the smooth integration of foreign spouses into Taiwanese society? Basically, I don't think there's any difference in what white-collar and blue-collar workers need from life. To put it simply, what a government does is to meet people's needs for their daily necessities, whether they're white-collar or blue-collar workers. Young people, on the other hand, may be more concerned about child care and care for the elderly, so it's important to offer government-subsidized babysitting services for children aged 0 to 2 and help young people solve the problem of child care. For those aged between 2 and 6, there should be more reasonably priced kindergartens. Taipei City still has a number of empty state-owned plots of land that have been left unused, if we rent it out at a low price to kindergarten operators, that will cut costs and help reduce young parents' financial burden. As for after-school programs, most families in Taipei City are dual-earner households, and their children need a place to go after the school ends at 4 p.m. or during the summer and winter vacations. The spaces left unused in the campuses across the city can be rented out to NGOs for such programs. That's one way. On the front of taking care of the older people, Taiwan lacks a localized and integrated program for this task. Many times people are forced to hire foreign caregivers or send the older folks to nursing homes, none of which is a good way. In fact, what many healthy older people need is just a place to exercise or do some activities. Or they can do part-time volunteer work through a volunteer bank. Through the establishment of such a bank, older folks will be able to serve as a volunteer easily and even help resolve the problem of manpower shortages in social enterprises. And then our final question is uh, both candidates, both you and your uh, rival, in this election are newcomers to politics. 
what makes you the most qualified person to lead the city, to lead Taipei, and what direction would you take Taipei in? 基本上，我们两个都算是政治素人了、啊，没有过去没有从事政治的经验。Well, both of us, my opponent and I, are political novices, but I believe I'm more suitable for the job for the following reasons. First, I'm a doctor who's worked in both the intensive care unit and the emergency room, so I'm closer to the general public and have had more opportunities to have contact with the poor. So I'm more familiar with those on the bottom rung of the social ladder. Second, as a doctor, you know, we're very patient. 而且我是管急诊跟外科加油病房，所以我们几乎每天都在做危机处理。Secondly, since I'm in charge of the ICU and ER, I'm more hardworking and can better endure hardships. I'm also used to dealing with crises every day, which makes me extremely resistant to stress. I'm confident I'll perform well under pressure because I'm better trained for it. Last and most importantly. I don't have the same political baggage as my rival, who can't seem to free himself from the burden of partisan confrontation. If we look back on the past 20 years, we see that our biggest problem is the political confrontations between the blue and the green camps. It's what's made our country sit idle and waste away, and prevented any improvements. So, in this election, besides the personal characteristics, I believe I'm more close to the people. So for this election, I'd say I'm closer to the ordinary people, more hardworking, and well, I'd feel embarrassed to say I'm smarter, but maybe more knowledgeable. But the biggest difference between us is that my opponent would always be struggling in the quagmire of blue and green confrontations. That if I choose me, I will make Taiwan, especially Taipei City, from being a political rival to becoming a political rival. While if people chose me, I'll be able to lead the citizens of Taipei out of the endless confrontations between the blue and the green camps. I'd be able to push Taiwan into a united and harmonious new era. So I believe my biggest merit is that I would have no political burden, and that I have the courage to pursue a new era while my opponent would dwell on the past. That's the biggest difference between my opponent and I. 